0: Hello, everyone. I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino, as always. And I know we almost always talk Steelers, but we saw a Super Bowl yesterday. I'm recapping the Super Bowl for this one, Um, as is going to be the case for all the offseason, which is officially here for 32 teams. If there's something you'd like me to discuss in any of these podcasts, we're doing five a week still, uh, hit me up on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL. But a couple things about this game they put a damper on things, first of all, and we'll get to a lot of the good stuff, some takeaways, futures of these teams, etc. But let's talk about the penalty. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I didn't have that much of a problem with it, and I think people were looking to place blame on refs a little unfairly. And I'm going to steal this analogy from my friend Mike Sando, who wrote it in The Athletic. He said, was it a penalty? Sure, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said was kind of like getting a speeding ticket for going 65 in a 60 zone, you know, and if it was in the second quarter or week two or week 10 or whatever, nobody would have cared about this. But I do think it was a penalty. Uh, I give Bradbury some credit for owning up and saying, yeah, it was, you know, I, I held him. But I also think the refs need to realize the game situation and they hadn't called this stuff the entire game That. I would have kept the flag in my pocket. I don't have a huge issue with it, but I do think it needed to be addressed. It's not the call I would have made at the time. I even said that when I was sitting there watching with my son going, I wouldn't have called that, but I get it. And frankly, as fans, it robbed us of what could have been a tremendous, you know, Last two minutes of the game, it became kind of a foregone conclusion. They're just going to kneel this thing out, basically kick it, and we're not going to get Hurts doing anything crazy or Mahomes being stressed in any way. So kind of stunk to end it, but it was a great game. Here's another negative that really, really bothered me much more than the penalty was the field conditions. Is I guess they spent like a million bucks to get this field perfect. I mean... It was horrible. I mean, a lot of slippage, a lot of guys tripping or, you know, the the painted area was particularly bad. But people changing cleats like NFL, you're a bazillion dollar organization with all the resources in the world. This is the biggest stage and it matters a ton. How on earth is the field not even an A? I mean, an A plus. And it was bad. I mean, I really, really had a problem with that. That can't happen. That's unacceptable. And I also think that it led to a high amount of scoring too. Like we'll talk about the Eagles D line a little bit, which is awesome. But because of the soft conditions, they couldn't get off the way they usually do. You know, if it's soft and you have bad footing, it hurts pass rushers more than anybody. And everyone was watching the ball carriers or people slipping on a route or whatever. And again, that's unacceptable. But it really there's only two sacks in this game. I mean, I think it really hurts the Chris Joneses and Fletcher Coxes and, you know, Hassan Reddick in particular. And not only does it hurt your get-off, but those edge guys, it's really, really hard when your footing isn't great to dip that shoulder low and bend the edge and level things out. And I saw a couple of plays where Reddick just couldn't do it because of the footing. And that worked the Chiefs' advantage because I think it helped slow down the pass rush. It's also hard on corners. So I think the field condition led itself to more, more scoring. You know, you would think it's the opposite. Um, the Eagles played extremely well. But I told you guys, and a couple of you even mentioned it on my Twitter feed, thanking me that, you know, both these teams had a lot of special teams issues going into this game. And it showed up in a big way. I mean, Butker hit the upright on a field goal. But the, the punt coverage by... Uh, the Eagles was unbelievably bad. I mean, Kadarius Toney is like the most dangerous guy in the league and the whole left side of the punt coverage just abandoned their lanes and just gave him all this green grass so that he changed the direction. And that's why you stay in your lanes, which brings me to something with the Eagles. They played very, very well. Well, maybe their defense didn't hurts did as well, but, and this is kind of a Steeler thought. And in then in the way that Tomlin has played the second half of the Steelers or second half of the season is Many, many, many games, particularly big games, are lost rather than won. And the Eagles kind of lost this game. You know, I mean, they, the Hurts, I thought Hurts was the best player on the field with all respect to Mahomes, but his drop slash defensive touchdown was the biggest play in the game. And that was just an unforced error. They had too many pre-snap penalties. You know, their punt coverage was abysmal, you know, so you can't make mistakes in these type of games against Mahomes and Reed and those type of dudes. They're going to stick it, you know, the sun don't shine all the time, you know? So uh, the Eagles played well. They have a lot to be excited about. Uh, they should hold their head high. But I think when you get on the plane, you look at it and say, man, maybe we could have put this team away early in the game. You know, the, there was a 10 point deficit at the half. I think that's what it was. It was at least 10 because I read today, This is only the second time in Super Bowl history that a team went to the locker room losing by 10 or more points and ended up winning the Super Bowl. Um, The other one was obviously the Patriots coming back against the Falcons. So usually when you have teams down like they do and you're a great Super Bowl champion type of team, you put them away and they didn't. So I think there's a lesson to be learned there with turnovers and doing the little things and the stuff the Steelers did well in the second half of the season. Uh, quick break. We'll talk about a couple other things, more positive stuff. And um, those things were, those things I wanted to address first of all. All right, I think we have to talk about Jalen Hurts. That that one play aside, he was phenomenal. I mean, yes, he led the team in rushing. They got very little else from their running back production on the ground. But we knows he, we've known forever he can do that. I mean, he is a force on short yardage. He is hard to bring down. But he threw the ball incredibly well. I mean, I think the Chiefs wanted Hurts to see if he could beat him from the pocket. Boy, did he ever. And he had some he had some good receivers, don't get me wrong. Um, and those guys played well. Smith, Goddard, Brown are an exceptional group. But Hertz added his stock or upped his stock a great deal to me as an overall player. It was really, really impressive. I thought he was the best player in the game. How do you not talk about Mahomes? I mean, him and Andy Reid figured this defense out in the second half and he started picking it apart. But they also, to Andy Reid's credit, I didn't see this coming. Even though they were losing for majority of the game, they threw 27 passes and they ran the ball 26 times. So a guy like Reid that is very pass-happy maintained balance with his run game. Again, I think there's a Steeler lesson to be learned there as well. Uh, I gave the field conditions some you know, uh, credit or discredit for slowing down the Eagles D-line. But Casey's offensive line was phenomenal in this game, too. I mean, Pacheco, the running game overall, protecting Mahomes against a phenomenal defensive front. You know, I thought Kansas City's offensive line was simply exceptional in this game. I mentioned the Eagles receivers. They get game balls for me as well. Um, I'm not here to just kill Matt Canada, but the Tony and Sky Moore touchdowns that were wide open that the Eagles just flat out misplayed one was to the right one was to the left were basically the exact same play call and I had a buddy text me after the second one and say have you ever seen the Steelers offense operate like that where they just totally fool someone and get an easy score let alone in the Super Bowl and I kind of wrote back no you know like you, you don't see those things I mean that is great offensive manipulation through motion and misdirection and setting plays up, obviously. So uh, I thought that was very impressive and Steelers need more of that so- sort of thing. Um, last kind of notes here is you know where these teams are going forward. The Eagles have the 10th pick as well as the 30th pick. So I'm sure they'll be just fine. But Hertz is going to get a contract here soon. Um, And they've got a lot of free agents, including Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and Miles Sanders. And who knows? Could Kelsey retire? Or Lane Johnson's battled a lot of injuries. Could he hang it up? Or again, they got to pay uh, Hertz here soon. He's going to demand huge money. Both their starting linebackers are free agents. Bradbury is a free agent, so there's going to be a it's going to be a lot different roster in Philadelphia. But Steelers fans should be more concerned with the Chiefs because they are they have quite the legacy now, and they go to the AFC. They become the, the Patriots, where they're basically in the championship game or better every year. And what's crazy about the Chiefs is because of the Tyreek trade, they have a lot of cap space. They don't have. Prominent free agents. I'm not even sure who their top. Oh, I guess Orlando Brown is the left tackle. Um, I don't know if they pay him or not. Um, I wouldn't, but finding a left tackle with the 31st pick and free agency is going to be hard to do. So maybe they franchise him again. I don't know. But they've drafted so well. I mean, like I just pulled up drafthistory.com and the Chiefs last year. McDuffie, Karloftis, Sky Moore, Byron Cook, Leo Chennault. Um, and Pacheco. I mean, all those dudes look like foundational players for them on rookie contracts. The year before, Nick Bolton played a great game. Creed Humphrey is probably the second-best center in the league. Noah Gray is a valuable tight end for them. Trey Smith is turning into a high-end starting guard. All those dudes are second-year players this year. And the year before, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a bust, but Willie Gay, uh, Jadaris Sneed, so they've drafted very, very well lately and now have a nice pile that I just mentioned of dudes on rookie contracts that should complement the stars, the Mahomes and Kelsey's and all those guys. We know who the stars are, Chris Jones, and those three are making a ton of money. So you have to get cheap labor when you have their star power, and Kansas City's done a nice job doing that through the draft the last couple of years. So that's where we're at. Um. I promise we'll do more Steeler related stuff the rest of the week. If you have ideas for me, shoot them my way. Really good Super Bowl, though. I didn't mean to open it with a negative connotation, but I thought it was a really good epic type of Super Bowl. It would have been better if we could have had a better final two minutes. But hey, let's not be begging and choosing about that. And it was great that, you know, when Mahomes re-injured his ankle, I was worried it was going to turn into Niners, no quarterback. Second half is just a route, and we were fortunate to get that. So, all right, guys, over and out.